Hi friends, welcome to From the Core with Carly Perkins. Together, we'll explore healing modalities that decrease anxiety and stress and learn to live from a joyful, heart-centered space. After struggling with bouts of anxiety, insomnia, stress, and burnout in my 20s, I began a journey of self-healing and discovery to attract and sustain joy. This resulted in a life filled with more resilience, ease, and flow. Now in my early 30s, I've channeled my dance and fitness teaching background into a deep desire to learn about and engage with various healing resources to continue to grow and also help others integrate them into their own lives. My mission is to keep engaging with helpful healing tools so that I can empower people to find their own personal healing within their intuition and soul connection to the natural world. See you inside the podcast. Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of From the Core with Carly Perkins. I'm your host, your virtual buddy and confidant, Carly. I'm a certified life coach and I specialize in EFT tapping, breathwork, dance, and other energy movement modalities. I also love to meditate and I enjoy creating guided meditations, which you'll find on this podcast and also my Patreon. All of those details are in show notes. Today, I have a fun and insightful conversation to share with you. I sat down with Marielle Gomez to discuss the ins and outs of the Japanese healing modality known as Reiki. It was wonderful to learn more about this ancient practice. I only knew a little bit about it from having spoken to others on this podcast. So it was great to dive in deep and understand more about Reiki and then also to experience a virtual session with Marielle recently. Going into the virtual session, I wasn't sure how distant Reiki would work and how effective it would be, but I soon realized that it's possible to receive the healing benefits of Reiki virtually if you're receptive and open to working through you and that is how I approached this distance Reiki session. So in my virtual session with Marielle uh, we worked with chakra alignment and setting intentions and deep meditation. I got into a theta almost hypnotic kind of state and I was able to deeply relax and find clarity from my own intuition, which is what you'll learn more about on this podcast episode, is that it's really about connecting to your inner knowing, and the Reiki practitioner is the guide to facilitate that journey with you. But it's really the truth that you'll find from yourself, which is beautiful, and I didn't even really know that much about that aspect of it, so it was wonderful to really fine-tune my own understanding of the experience. So in my process of experiencing Reiki with Marielle, I felt like I was able to really be in the moment and it helped me to become more still and to be in the delight of pure consciousness that arose from the moment. And uh, my body, my mind became still and everything relaxed. So it was a joyful experience and I had the session the night after my second Pfizer COVID vaccine. So it was a perfect time to integrate the healing benefits of the vaccine and to be in trust and surrender with the universe and and everything going on. So it was perfect timing for all of that. So thank you, Marielle, for guiding me on a virtual Reiki session. That was wonderful. And I'm looking forward to building on the healing work that we've started together. Before I dive into the interview, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about Marielle. 
Marielle is passionate about natural healing and finding ways to incorporate more self-care in our everyday lifestyles. She follows the Reiki lineage of Hawaiio Takata and the discipline of Usui Shiki Roho, and she began her journey at the SF Reiki Center in San Francisco, California in 2016. As a Reiki practitioner, she is responsible for serving as a conduit with the help of the universe to reconnect your body, mind, and spirit back down to earth. I know you're going to love this episode and learn new ways of connecting to your inner knowing and intuitive divine self. So let's get into the interview today with Marielle, and I'll see you on the other side. Enjoy! Hi, Marielle. Welcome to From the Core. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Carly. Thank you. I'm also excited to be here and talk about Reiki today. Yay. So I would love to start out by learning how you first discovered Reiki and why you chose this specific healing modality to focus on. Yeah, okay. Um, I discovered Reiki actually a year abroad when I was living in Australia. And my roommate, now friend, Mina, uh, she really raised my curiosity around it. Throughout her sessions that she went into, I really saw a continued growth within her. She had such an increased energy and happiness. And I just saw this continued clarity in her that I was just really curious to learn more about Reiki. And Mm -hmm. I think uh, my conversations with her about life and end goals really made me feel like this was something I wanted to further explore. Um, Reiki sounded so positive and the way this body work was impactful for mental, physical, and emotional aspects, I was just in awe. So uh, from there, I moved back to San Francisco and Reiki subtly kept showing up in different signs like all around me. And I decided to pay attention to these signs and and seek out more education around it. Um, At that time, when I moved back, I was managing a green and wellness startup. But oddly enough, I felt so stressed out and it didn't seem to connect with my lifestyle of nutrition and and balance. So uh, I went and to my first Reiki session and I went to my first Reiki session for specifically stress in my life at the time. And after, after my first session, my worries, I remember just dramatically diminished. Wow. Yeah. And I felt light as a feather. I felt worry-free. I felt realigned, recentered and, I really felt ready to conquer anything that came my way. And it was a really euphoric and, and, and beautiful feeling. So um, from there, I decided to sign up for my first level Reiki class. And, and this class allows you to give yourself Reiki and to others. And I just continued to practice. Um, and this and, and really just wanted more self-education around it. I, I spent a lot of time practicing not only on myself, but my friends and family. And after that, I felt ready to extend this practice to all. So yeah, it's, it's really been a great joy seeing how, how this is the right kind of therapy um, for me to share with others. So it's been a really great experience so far. That's beautiful. It sounds like it was such an intuitive knowing kind of journey. You are led in this path 
And I always feel like oftentimes the medicine that we're led to ends up being, you know, we're led to it for a reason. And then oftentimes we want to master it and can share it and, and teach other people about it. And it's all so divinely connected. So I love to hear stories like that. That's wonderful. So can you break down for us what Reiki is exactly? We've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but I'd like to dive in deeper. What does the typical Reiki session look like for you? And what is it doing exactly to a person who's taking it in from you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to explain Reiki a little bit first to answer your first question. Um, Reiki is composed of two words. So Rei meaning universal life force and, and Ki meaning, meaning energy. So it's energy that is all around us and within us. Mm. And Reiki is traditionally an ancient healing art to promote that promotes healing. So it involves a gentle, non-invasive laying of the hands and, and these hand placements are aligned along the chakra energy center centers of the body, mm. as well as your arms, legs, and your feet, and as where is needed. So the Reiki practitioner channels universal life energy through the palm of their hands to the person being treated. Um, this overall supports mental, physical, emotional and it really leads the re- recipient's mind, spirit, and body in, into balance. Um, so that, that in, in a short is, is really what, what Reiki is, but um, moving on to what a, a session might look like is, uh, the beauty of Reiki is that you can either receive it in person or perform it distantly. It's really a matter of preference to someone So uh, whether in person or distant Reiki, when I perform a session, I I start with an intake and check in with whoever's receiving the session. I will ask what brings them in and what they're wanting to take away from the experience. And we usually chat about this for a few minutes. And then from there, I will ask if there's anything emotional going on and if there are any internal or external issues like physical issues this could be anything from knee pain lower back stomach ache and digestion issues from there we'll discuss to see if there's something specific that they would like to work on leading us to create their own personal affirmation in the moment and um, i work with this positive affirmation that we create together or they create on their own as a mantra for the session and before we go through the session I go through the hand positions and placements that will be used along the body. So even though all hand positions in in Reiki are seen as comfortable and appropriate, I I just make a go through them, especially if it's your first time so that you feel comfortable. And Mm -hmm. I I receive permissions because a lot of times there's certain areas that people don't like to be touched. And and if there are areas of, of hesitation for them, with acknowledgement, I am able to hover my hands about six inches or so above the body. Um, so once this is all discussed, we move into some light grounding breath work, which is really just to bring you into your body, into your space, into this practice before you receive Reiki. And then we're able to begin the session from there. So this consists of someone lying down on the massage table and 
you're able to remain fully dressed. So we ask that you come wearing some comfortable clothing and it's, um, you know, we can play some calm music and depending on your preference, light a candle or incense, but not necessary if someone is um, sensitive to smell. So while every session is different, there are different sensory sensations that may or may not occur for someone. So some experiences that people experience are either warmth or coolness in different areas of the body. Um, some light tingling sensations. You can feel some just tingling in your toes or your fingertips. Uh, there's experienced visuals. They receive some messages or they see colors. Um, wow. Deep emotions can come up. And, but really um, a lot more than anything, a lot of people really go into a state of deep relaxation or they enter into a dreamlike state. Yeah, I can attest to the recent session we had, I felt so relaxed and this was virtual. So it's interesting because you would think you could, I mean, I had never experienced a healing session virtually of this nature. Exactly. I'd done some breath work virtually, but it was really beautiful to be able to have that connection with you and integrate the medicine of Reiki virtually from the comfort of my home, I had just gotten my second dose of the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. I was, you know, integrating that medicine into my body too. So it was a beautiful process of like releasing, integrating, surrendering. And I felt so relaxed. And then I felt at ease and I felt the medicine working through me, you know, the, the practice of what you had done. I felt the energy moving through my body in the days that followed so it was wonderful to be able to have that be the way that I received the vaccine at the same time and then could like step into my week ahead. So I love that it's possible to do this kind of work virtually because these days that's one of the only ways you can receive uh, this kind of a healing modality for many people. And it's possible. Who knew? <laughs> I wouldn't have known had I not explored it. So it's pretty fun and cool. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's 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 so nice to all yeah, exactly like you said, experience that in the comfort of a, of your home in a place that you feel safe. So you're given the opportunity to create your space and sounds, smells, whatever it is for you to feel comfortable and just with you open heartedly accepting the intention of Reiki and it's amazing that it carried out for a few days because that's that's exactly how it is. A lot of people will wonder, am I supposed to feel it instantly? And, the, and, and really it's just, my recommendation is not really set up high expectations for it. Just be open and, and ready to receive because once Reiki is flowing, it will flow through you. And if you don't see it initially, right after you receive it, it will come through in the day or two days to follow. So I'm glad you have Yeah. That. And I noticed, thank you. I noticed too, that like my dreams were flowing really easily. And I was able to, I don't know if this was related, but I felt like I was in tune with my dreams and I, I journal every day. So it just was like a great practice to do in tandem with some of the other things I enjoy, like meditation, self-care in a bath, journaling, the different things I enjoy, it like enhanced the process of those other practices. So that was really beautiful too. Like it just illuminated things a little bit more in the days to follow, I felt like, and I felt I felt confident in my health 
as a result, which was one of the things I was kind of focusing on in our session together, surrendering and then focusing on my health and the vaccine working for me. And I think that having that intention and then having the support of your Reiki and your, your gifts in that process really helped me to meditate and keep my intentions clear on being healthy rather than fear, you know, and being looped into that mindset. So, I mean, the power of intention is so amazing. And I think Reiki is, is a big part of that in an embodied physical kind of a way. So that's a little bit of what I experienced. Can you tell me a little bit about, I think you touched on this momentarily, but uh, more about how people can experience healings through working with Reiki, like can Reiki help you get rid of an allergy too? Like, is it more of releasing limiting beliefs? Is there a myriad range of things that it can do for people? Does it just really run the gamut for people? Yeah. Um, it, it can help for, for so many things and, and specifically with allergies, I, we have done Reiki work to kind of relieve the allergies, but again, it's not something that's one and done, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's like similar to, uh, perhaps the effects of, of acupuncture. It's something that mm. you need continuous sessions to work on. Um, but yeah. some, some other um, healing that people experience from Reiki or come to Reiki for is they want to work on chakra rebalancing. They mm. want to work on spiritual guidance, uh, reducing stress and anxiety. Mm. It could be a self-awakening experience to awareness and intuitive flow. It really has the ability to strengthen your immune system. And, and this is done by increasing cell and blood circulation in the body. So our cells uh, hold on to trauma. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, I, if someone were to punch you in the arm or if you sent someone coming uh, to punch you, give you a punch, the first thing, your first reaction to it is kind of to like, tighten up right so your body remembers that reaction so what reiki does is it helps your blood your cells revitalize and, and flow through so that memories could be released and and there is no stagnant flow so creating this healthy vibrant force of of circulation is is really important and it dissolves energy blocks, whether it be physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual. It energizes you if you're drained physically, mentally, and it relieves physical pain, stiffness, and tension. It can help you with achieving goals or receive inspiration, clarification, or ideas or issues. So emotional, physical, and mental, really, if you have, like, if you broke your arm, it, it, it helps with speeding up the process. A lot of people have said that they have seen Reiki for a broken bone, and, and the more they continue to seek Reiki, um, the faster the, the bone will mend, or the faster the scar will heal. Um, wow. so, yeah, it, it has been proven that with continued usage and, and and going to uh, sessions, it really does help. And from my own experience, I have seen people, uh, big transformations and people from when I first see them into like few four or five sessions after. It's, it, it really just, it's, it's, a, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. And do you recommend, does it really depend on the person as far as how many sessions they need and what their remedy is does it is it usually like three to four sessions at least to start out or does it really vary depending on the needs of the person receiving it 
Yeah, I would say it really depends on the needs of the person receiving it. There are some people that need more support than others and, and some people uh, seek it as just relaxation and I will, we will see people like once a, once a month, twice a month, three times a month or some people once or twice a year. So it, it really, Reiki will show up for you wherever you're at. And that's the beauty of it is that there's no, there's no overdose of Reiki, right? If your body mm -hmm. will, will take it wherever it's needed. And if not, it'll just go to other spaces in your body that need it. So it's, it's really, I mean, the best part is that our body is so smart and intuitive. You, you would know if, if you needed more attention to something. Right. Yeah. We're conditioned to not always be in tune with that, but when we can drop in and, and be aware of what our body needs, we always, I feel like we always have the answers. We just have to be still and listen. And yeah, I have a lot of feelings about that because I feel like as women, we're taught to not listen, especially like we're told what we need people in general, but I think women sometimes in our society in America and other societies as well, like it's not always supported to listen to our own bodies. And we're getting, I think, further away from that old paradigm and starting to really embody more as a collective, the wisdom of the womb and our, you know, feminine intuition. And then, you know, men have that side of themselves too energetically. And I love that we're getting back into our bodies and dropping in more and leaning on that wisdom, which is ancient and never fails us because I believe it's connected to the, you know, we're part of the universe where um, we're streaming in that universal intelligence all the time. So when we can listen to our body and incorporate a practice like Reiki, it's setting us up to, to live our most beautiful aligned life, I think, because it's all ancient you know, wisdom that's available to us. It's just a matter of, are we going to show up and listen? So I love that it's something that's pretty accessible, even yeah. as we said, virtually, which is great. I know that you've done community Reiki and have worked with various communities throughout the Bay Area and in Southern California. Can you share some of the community Reiki work that you've done and uh, healing modality work that you've done within California? Yeah, I would love to. I initially started at the SF Reiki Center in San Francisco and uh, was really grateful for my experience there. I had a wonderful mentor, uh, Christopher, and he did allow the space of students to come into his clinic and further learn and for us to learn our, he would was just such a good teacher and, and helping us further learn Reiki and the positions when you felt not super confident. And so he actually uh, allowed students, first and second level degrees of students to come mm -hmm. in and um, perform a community Reiki, which was was really great. It's it's like a sliding, uh, it's like a, a, scale, a sliding scale for, for some folks to pay. I think there was a set price oh, there, cool. but it was a discounted rate for those who couldn't afford, who, who were seeking healing. And in my experience, I really thought it was wonderful because one, we're, we're learning from our Reiki master and two, it was more hands-on healing for the person receiving. So what I mean by that is three or four people who were Reiki attuned would be working on a person and 
And that to me is beautiful because you're getting more Reiki into more parts of your body at a discounted price. And we would be able to do the front and back side of you in the amount of time that it would probably take me to do the front side of you, which is usually mm -hmm. the front side of the body. Uh, just one solo practitioner is about uh, 45 minutes to an hour, depending. So having additional hands and, and people you trust working around you is was really nice. I get that might be a little bit intimidating for someone coming into the space if, if you feel uncomfortable with a lot of people, but um, it, it's not a space of judgment. So it's, 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 we try to make it as inviting as possible. So that was uh, really nice to be able to be introduced to Reiki in that space. And, and from that community, um, my friend Marit, who I met at the clinic actually uh, started her own practice and she came up with an idea to invite two of her other friends and myself to start a, a clinic, a, a clinic in San Francisco. And it was called a uh, goldenrod healing clinic. And what was beautiful about it is that Martin and I practice Reiki. So that way we would be able to work together as facilitators and the other two practitioners she brought on uh, Danielle was an herbalist and Ubria who was a, who read tarot so it oh, was fun yeah it was you could pick a few or all and it was at a sliding scale and the what we wanted was really to be, make it affordable to all communities and particularly women of color so it was like we tried to make it and host it to and provide a slot to uh, a mother uh, a woman in need who really couldn't afford it so uh, we just really wanted to find ways to make it affordable, accessible to the community and, and find ways to give back. So th that was really beautiful because it was all of us just wanting to do good for the community and share this experience and combined all these different modalities to together and, and just, you know, feel the, the unity of women working together and supporting other women. But I mean, of course, men were welcome as well, but I think um, we were really trying to um, make it more approachable for women. Yeah. That's so wonderful that you offer those services for, for women of color and, and the community who, you know, people who might not you know, many busy mothers, maybe wouldn't have the time to, to receive Reiki normally, or, you know, maybe have the resources available for that. And so it's, it's wonderful to make that so accessible for various communities and to educate people about what's available to them too because I'm sure a lot of like I didn't really know that much about Reiki until I started seeking out healing modalities too so it's something that maybe a lot of people don't really know about but when they know about it they can uh, integrate it into their life at home more and that's a beautiful thing because like we've talked about you can work you know uh, with different modalities with it as well and lets you drop into the body with the chakras and aura energy and everything. Yeah, I feel like, um, quick aside, but Reiki's kind of, Reiki and embodiment work and breathwork's kind of like becoming more mainstream, it seems like. Is that something that you've seen or has, like, I feel like I've been pretty steeped in healing modalities for a number of years now, but I'm hearing Reiki pop up more and more and 
yeah, it's just, it's interesting. And, and uh, one thing I do think about with Reiki and additional healing modalities is also, which I appreciate about um, your background because you're so knowledgeable about it and take it seriously, you know, making sure we're not appropriating other cultures and understanding and, and being attuned by people who uh, give their blessing, you know, for someone to take on this practice. Um, it's something I think about when we're working with other cultures, traditions, and, and it's something I think we need to be mindful of in the wellness space because there uh, is a real problem with people whitewashing other cultures' traditions. I don't know. That's just another little thing I'm thinking about. I like when I work with Palo Santo or Sage or anything that's not of my own culture, I always thank the ancestors for allowing me to be able to use it. And, and some, and there's just certain kinds of um, products I wouldn't use because I wouldn't feel as appropriate. So I appreciate that um, you are so knowledgeable in Reiki and, and you take it seriously. And I know other practitioners who do and who became educated in a, in a respectful way, because it's important to pay homage to, you know, the roots of these practices and as they become more mainstream, not diminish the core essence and the truth of these practices. So I hope that they don't get too watered down by people becoming more interested in them, I guess is what I'm trying to say, but I guess it happens with different practices. Like yoga kind of had yoga had its moment. (laughs) I mean, yoga is still prevalent, but Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts about that? Anything to share there? Yeah, I think just a thought that came up to me while you were saying that was, um, with Reiki, it's, it's, it's really important to like with anything that you seek in life, if you're seeking Reiki to receive Reiki, um, learn more about your practitioner. It's always good to feel that you feel safe and comfortable with them and, and two, it's been just recommended to see their their lineage and what lineage they come from. Mm-hmm. Um, that that pays respect to Reiki practitioners. And just keep in mind that uh, Reiki, I, I do see it become more mainstream. And I think um, how I wanted to go about Reiki is that when you become attuned in Reiki, you can complete a certification and receive your level one certification in one weekend. And some teachers will allow you to go and receive your certification a month or two later. Um, and right. And then people are like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I know everything about Reiki, but I think it's like with an experience, the longer that you have time with things, the more and more you learn, even myself to this day with each session, I always learn something new and I find it so fascinating. And, and for me personally, I wanted to better understand it. So I, I took a really long time. I took about a year before I got my second level degree because again, yeah, I wanted to make sure that I understood it. There's a lot of, you know, anatomy, chakras, like so much that you need to understand in order to be a better representative of when people come and, and seek your knowledge and, and your care. And, and I think that's only fair to put in the work and, and the knowledge to provide these practices. So that that's my thought yeah definitely yeah it's important to 
understand the background of the people that we're seeking out in these modalities and understand their intention too, because for exchanging energy, you want to make sure that you're not opening yourself up to energy that isn't mindful and uh, isn't going to be harmful on either side. How do you set energetic boundaries when you facilitate Reiki? Because you're opening yourself up to soaking in someone else's energy, right? And then they're taking in what you're putting out to them. So how do you set an energetic boundary before the practice and then after to like close it out on your side? Uh, That is a great question, Carly, because uh, Reiki actually works in a wonderful way of protecting the myself as a practitioner and those receiving. So um, Reiki flow of energy is not controlled by me as a practitioner. Mm-hmm. It's controlled by the natural needs of a patient or the client who's receiving it. And so really I am just a messenger of life's energy through myself to whoever's receiving and I'm attuned to not receive someone's energy. So Mm. in in giving energy, it's Reiki can never be negative. That's the beauty of it Mm. is the intentions is purely life energy coming. I'm, I'm a portal, right? I've opened a portal from earth life coming, coming from earth, like life's force energy through me, through my hands, to whoever's receiving but um in order to you know there are ways that I do make sure that I protect myself as well just in case I I usually will set the intention um thank be thankful for the space I can really just do some breath work myself before sage the room and and really just um you know there's a, a a spray that you could use on yourself like protective measures that you could take as a practitioner but um Mm. it's really meant to be a a positive trade and 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 that's the beauty of it that's nice to hear I wasn't really sure how that works so it's wonderful to know more about that because yeah I guess I never really knew how the energy flowed necessarily from the practitioner to the person receiving in terms of where it comes from exactly like because I'm just more you know learning about the intricacies of Reiki uh it's nice to know more about that and how it flows and how you you don't you can't receive like bad energy basically because I think some people think that I I wasn't really sure yeah (laughs) um the most important thing the most important thing to know is even though I'm a conduit to send it's it's you yourself and your body that's doing the healing Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm holding the space and, and providing that for, for your body to heal itself. So um, it's not necessarily me doing all the work. It's, it's the other person involved as well. Yeah. How empowering too, that it's like a Reiki master and Reiki practitioner is like holding your hand and walking you through a process to come back home to yourself basically is like my takeaway of the practice. So it's the work is happening for the person receiving it and they're being guided to like tap further into their own knowing. That's kind of how I feel it, it works. At least that was my experience of it. So that's pretty cool because 
it's not like someone telling you this is how you're going to feel. This is how you need to feel. It's more just like, Oh, I'm going to guide you and walk you through this healing and allow you to be more receptive to it perhaps. So it's nice. It's an empowering practice. I love it. Yeah. That's exactly the reason why I love it. It's, it's, um, it's so intuitive to who's receiving and, and it's, it's really just, there are words shared and expressed, but it's, it's minimal. And, and it's, it's so beautiful again, like going back to how much silence and energy could really tell you about yourself. So it's something I really enjoy. It's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So I love that when we did the Reiki together, you incorporated like chakra alignments, which now I know is a real big component of Reiki and aura, like energy reading too. I would love to know for my own selfish reasons, but also I'm sure people would like to know. I'm, I'm like really into the chakras and, um, and learning more about them. I only have like a basic understanding, but also aura energy. Can you tell us a little bit, if you know of ways, practices that people can do from home to connect and balance with and balance their chakras and then also like connect with color energy. So maybe not even like aura energy for them specifically, but like connecting to the magic of color. Any thoughts with that? Yeah. uh, You know, I think chakras and auras have their own topic as is. And, and yeah, (laughs) and really that's like a whole nother segment. Right. Um, But just, just briefly talking on that. Um, I, I really believe that each layer of your aura, it corresponds to a different chakra. So um, practices and, and things that are, are going to be very similar, or you can use both practices for both to kind mm-hmm. of balance this out and, and connect with your chakra and aura. Um, it's really just probably all the simple things that you already do. But more importantly, I would really say, disconnect from the digital world, take a digital break. Um, of course, go in walks in nature, meditation uh, for your emotional and mental health, yoga, journaling, which is a beautiful self-reflection and I think a self-acceptance of yourself. So through journaling, through meditation, through yoga, there's a lot of self-reflection and, and self-acceptance that really needs to be happening amongst ourselves and mm-hmm. self-love. Uh, even I think things that that uh, really affect our chakras could be simple things such as singing or humming or tones, vibrations, um, things that make you happy. Like don't for- forget to make time for yourself and, and things that you enjoy, enjoy doing, whether that's pottery, drawing, uh, making a video, taking photos. And uh, another good way is um, to take a shower and visualize you washing away things that no longer serve you. And this mm-hmm. is more for like an aura purpose, right? Like cleansing your aura and and just as you're cleansing yourself, just reminders of letting go of things that no longer serve you, getting rid of bad energy and breathing in positivity and inviting in new energizing energy to yourself and your body and and just showering yourself with love. So um, something that I, that I always like to acknowledge is that there are seven chakras and the importance of it, it, it signifies a rainbow. So don't forget to make your life colorful. And, and if you're feeling 
if you can go in and identify with chakras based on on what they represent is remind yourself that each chakra has a purpose there's seven for a reason and they each remind us of something so starting mm-hmm. from the root chakra uh the right to be here um then the right to feel to act to love to speak to see and to know so it's, it's really just whenever you f- you feel down or you want to reconnect with one of them remind yourself of the purpose and if not just go through just go through that short simple saying to bring them all together and, and just ha- raise your vibration that you're bringing into this world that's beautifully said. Thank you for sharing that. I love that. God, it's such a great reminder to connect to different facets of ourselves, not just with our physical body, but energetic body as well. And to move through those ideas and ground and connect to our you know, magnetic energy and our ability to communicate and our passion and all of that. And then ideas. And I work with them in different ways, depending on where I'm at in my life, the chakras, but I'm oftentimes drawn to the throat chakra. I always think about that when I'm doing the podcast, I'm wearing my chakra blue today, (laughs) my throat chakra blue. I love to have blue crystals and just, I love crystals, but do you have a certain favorite crystal that you like to work with for maybe like a favorite chakra or something that you have been returning to a lot recently? I don't do as much crystal work with Reiki. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I feel that Reiki is, does enough work on its own. I do know a yeah. lot of people really connect with crystals and not to say that they aren't wonderful and beautiful, but, um, I, I, I think, you know, amethyst is a real popular one. I think I'm very attracted to the color purple, um, mm-hmm. but definitely mm-hmm. if they are a great way to also connect with your chakras and, and for particular protections, um, I, I really try to stick to a little bit more of minimalism. So I think um, I'm, I'm scared to dive into crystals further because I feel like my rock collection will just grow, grow and grow. Yeah. Um, but I, I have seen people work with them and, and see that they, they do work wonders. Yeah, it's, it can be an addiction. So you might want to, yeah, pull back because <laughs> once you open up that door, it's uh, kind of never ending, but it's a lot of fun too. This has been wonderful learning about Reiki. I love knowing all of the aspects of Reiki. And it's been fun because I've been meeting with people on this podcast and some of them know, you know, a little bit here and there, but it's one of those things that it's really fun to learn more of a deep dive approach to it and understand a bit more of the history and, and how one would begin being trained in Reiki. So I love to hear the whole journey of getting to the point that you're at now with practicing it. And I would love to dive into some rapid fire questions with you. So the first question is, do you work with plant energy and do you have a favorite house plant? I work with plant energy. Um, in terms of like, do, oh yeah, I actually have given (laughs) plants reiki I was, oh my god that's what I was basically asking like can you do plant reiki <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> teach me your ways <laughs> yeah yeah um 
my friend left and I was house sitting her house and she was explaining to me that, you know, she felt bad. Her plant wasn't growing that much and she felt like she was neglecting it. So I said, oh, I'll give your plant Reiki. So uh, gave her plant Reiki. I'll have to get, I know it's the one that just, I'm really bad with a lot of plant names. I'm not. Yeah, no worries. Bad. I'm kind of bad at uh, horticulture. Um, but it was just one that kind of all the little, um, it was like a hanging one, like one that like would hang. And then yeah, she said, yeah. as soon as she came back, she's like, oh my God, it grew so much. So um, I think it's possible to give, you know, plants are my mom, even though she's not, she doesn't practice Reiki. She always talks to her plants. Mm-hmm. She always knows they're listening. She always is tell she always will say like oh no they're listening make sure that you let them know that we care about them but uh sending reiki to your plants i really just sit around uh the plant and press my hands and and send them love and energy because i really feel that yeah they're it's it's they're rooted they're grounded they they connect with the earth so they really feel our love and energy and our presence and and the more that you acknowledge them the more that they they will grow so definitely i don't think you have to be attuned to reiki um to be able to give your plants reiki love so i did a plant class where you learn how to read the plant's aura kind of but so I'm a noob with that and just kind of learning, but it was really a lot of fun to play a little gentle music for the plants because I've heard that plants like that. I was an aspiring plant lady pre-COVID and then like during COVID really took that on and, and now I'm still evolving in that way, but it's been a lot of fun to notice how it, how having plants in my home because I'm home a lot shifts the entire energy of the space. And uh, I do like to touch them a little bit and it's nice to just, yeah, show them love. Like you were saying with your mother and and play music for them. Do you give pets Reiki or have you done that before? Like cats or dogs, because maybe I'll try to give my cat Reiki, (laughs) not that I'm trained in Reiki, but like maybe do something like an off shoot (laughs) for my cats. Yeah. um, Animals do love Reiki. I have, I have two dogs and I'll have to tell you one of them likes it way more than the other one. Um, so it kind of just depends on the animal. You'll see like some, uh, animals will stay really close to you and present and, and really accept and invite it. And then other ones will be kind of freaked out. Like what's happening here. I want to move. And so uh, it kind of depends, you know, um, so that's a good thing too, about, uh, distant Reiki is that, you know, if you have an animal who's sick and you want to send them Reiki, you don't actually physically have to touch them. You can also send them distant Reiki, but, um, I noticed that one of my dogs actually, she really enjoys it and she won't leave my side for about 10 minutes at least while I just place my hands on her. So it could be very, I love that. Yeah. How fun. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like animals are so attuned to subtle energies, so they probably really absorb it and who knows, I want to know what they're thinking. Yeah. (laughs) How they're integrating it. It's so fun. I'm curious if you have a favorite spot in nature that you like to facilitate Reiki in, if you were to do it in person, do you have a favorite setting for that? I think anywhere in nature. I actually um, just recently uh, facilitated some Reiki in, in Mexico by um, kind of just by the ocean and we're like the river meets the ocean. What's that like a del- like a delta kind of yeah, area? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and so I think that's, that's just really beautiful because it's within nature itself or among the trees. So I'm happy anywhere. If it's in nature, if it's the desert, the forest, the mountains, it's, it's, it's really nice just to connect and be in that energy and that kind of silence because silence can really just be such a great teacher of learning so much and, and just appreciating what's around us. And I really use that surrounding, uh, more for me for visualization and, and connecting and and rooting mm-hmm. through the energy so it's been pleasant experiences yeah nature is a wonderful guide and teacher we have earth day coming up on april 22nd and i've been thinking about just how we need to treat the earth better and i think that was one of the lessons that i know i thought about more I thought about it before COVID but I think many of us thought more about perhaps being in our homes more you know how much we appreciate nature and when you can't go outside as much uh, you really realize how much how much you care about it and how beautiful it is and essential and we need to take care of nature so yeah I bet it's really wonderful to facilitate Reiki and on like the beach or something or in the mountains like Yosemite would be cool yeah, I'd like to have Reiki in all those places. <laughs> Sounds nice. Really relaxing. Maybe even like Reiki on a boat. Maybe that would be too much, like a little <laughs> intense. Or it could just be, it could be nice to maybe relax and to help to not have any seasickness or like, you know, air sickness too when flying. Maybe Reiki is a good like buffer to avoid feeling sick in those kinds of settings. I'm just thinking out loud now, <laughs> but yeah, like, especially with flying during COVID, I haven't flown, but I can imagine Reiki would be a nice thing to do when you're on the plane, you know, getting ready to take off and just to feel relaxed because it's probably pretty stressful. Yeah, definitely. Really all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it, it, I think it, I also agree that I felt that it would really help you feel even better before you thought about getting sick right so or or got like a cold or something it just mm-hmm. it really strengthens your immunity so everything's flowing properly all your cells again and your and your blood is circulating so it really is an immunity booster yeah which we can all need right now I love that so my last question for you is what does wellness mean to you wellness is is I think awareness to me, really just being aware of the decisions you make and, and everything from your lifestyle to what you eat, to how you live your life, the choices you make and, and what you bring into your home. So I, I very much um, also support the planet Earth Day. So it's just being conscious of my decisions on, on what what packaging I'm going to bring into my house? How can I be more sustainable? How mm-hmm. can I, how is this all around going to help my mental health, my physical health? So wellness is practicing it all from a perspective of the way I live it to what, what I do. So whether that be yoga, meditation, sound meditation, it's, it's all, it's all combined for me. Yeah poignant response because it really comes back to the awareness. I think that's very well said. I agree. 
awareness is key. And when we have awareness, our life really shifts. Once we know why we're doing what we're doing or, or just have some awareness of, yeah, what we're putting into our bodies, how we're internalizing situations and our thought processes. It's so important to have that awareness yeah. to have mind, body, soul connection and, and wellness. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And actually one thing to add, just because yeah. I have been so into breath work recently is like, I have learned you could be eating right. You could be exercising, could be doing all the right things, but if you're not breathing correctly, then really none of it matters. So mm-hmm. another, another element is, is really being mindful of breath work and, and, and really paying attention to that. And that's super important as I'm realizing more and more each day. Mm-hmm. Do you think, I love that you mentioned the breath work because I'm a big fan of breath work too. Do you think if a person really ex- leans into their breath during Reiki, they can receive it even deeper? I know that's kind of breath works a part of the process a little bit, like taking deep breaths, but when you really are present with the breath, do you think it goes even deeper or does it just kind of depend on the person? Um, you know, I believe that there are sessions that are facilitated specifically for breath work. And, and I know that breath work can take you on another journey completely on its own. So and mm-hmm. thinking of breath work, if you were to really, if you wanted to practice it during Reiki, it would, I would really just stress just to be a mindful breath, not like an exaggerated one, not mm-hmm. one of solely focusing on the breath because, um, they're different shifts and not saying that I don't recommend them both together because you are breathing either way. But um, I would say if you're having a hard time calming down or coming into your body during a Reiki session, if you find yourself your way too into your mind, I would go ahead and focus on your breath work to bring you back down into your body so that you can focus on the sensations in your body to get out of your head and into your body. Um, and yeah, just be mindful of your breath, just kind of circle breaths, right? So it's continuous breathing, but nothing too stressful on your body that would, would take you out of, um, receiving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just thought of one other thing. I know I said I had the last question, but (laughs) I love the affirmations that we thought of together in our session and I've been working with them. And I would, I was wondering if you would be willing to share an affirmation with the audience today, just something top of mind that comes out that we can set out into the ether for this community. (laughs) What would be a good affirmation for us today? Yeah, I can, I'll go ahead and share one that I regularly work with and, or actually I've been working with a lot this pandemic and, and hopefully others can use it as well. But um, one that I use, I I say, trust your creativity and your confidence and trust in the unknown and receiving opportunities to come. Mm, Yeah, that's delicious. I love that. Yeah, I'm going to work with that one. Let that one soak in. (laughs) Yeah. Just just that can help with confidence and feeling in alignment. Yeah, it's always beneficial, I think. Great. Well, it's been wonderful having you on the podcast and learning all about Reiki with you. What can you share with the audience, what you're working on right now, where people can follow your work? 
Yeah, uh, of course. Thank you. Uh, yeah, as as mentioned before, I was I was previously living up in the Bay Area, and and working with some friends in in a uh, community of of Reiki. But uh, now, since moving to Southern California, I'm actually uh, going to start my own practice, and nice. so really excited about that. Um, in the process of uh, launching my website, which is called Azari Light Z like zebra. And uh, there should be some social media elements coming soon, but I'm really excited to just start my own journey and, and see where that takes me. Very cool. Thank you for sharing. Well, have a wonderful evening and I look forward to receiving more Reiki through your aid. <laughs> now it's not coming from you, but you're facil- you're leading me, you're guiding me down the path. Exactly. <laughs> I look forward to it. Thanks for having me on the show, Carly. What a fun conversation with Marielle. I had a blast hanging out with her and I hope it inspired you to explore the healing benefits of Reiki for yourself. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would love it if you left a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're catching this podcast. I appreciate it and it does really help people to find this content and to benefit from the healing resources within this show. And if you'd like to dive deeper with me and explore the healing resources that I've created, like my guided meditations, journal prompts, affirmations, video content of different healing modalities like EFT tapping and more, follow me over on Patreon as a patron. I have different tiers and the first tier is the price of a cup of coffee, so it's really affordable and a lot of fun. So it's all exclusive content you can't find anywhere else. And uh, join me over there at patreon.com forward slash Carly Perkins. And those details are also in show notes. And you can, of course, follow me over on Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter at Carly R. Perkins for some joyful, free content. It's colorful, it's pink, and it's delightful. Thank you for joining me today on the podcast and with Marielle. And as always, be well.